The scripture reading today is from Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, the New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for creating us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things you planned for us. During this Advent season, as we continue to prepare to celebrate the birth of Emmanuel, God with us, we trust you. We trust you. We come to you in prayer today for Ryan, Amberly, Morgan, Ethan, and Reese. Father, the difference Ryan has made in this church has been all because of you. He brought us together and united us in so many ways, encouraged us to reach out and serve, and did so right along beside us. He showed us how our differences don't need to divide us, but instead how we learn from and love each other even more through understanding how God loves each of us. He faithfully brought God's word to us so that the Spirit could reveal what we needed to hear and so that we could grow in our faith. He provided us the opportunity for us to see how you are the bread of life by offering us Holy Communion each week at this very table. We are so grateful for each one of the Strebecks and love them so very much. Please give them strength and joy as they leave this place. Surround them with your protection, with a smooth move and transition to a new school and new friends. May God, please, will you bless them and keep them forever. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives with you as one God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Well, Kent Ruffin uh, came by the office this morning and was getting some things ready in the worship space. And he said, well, are you ready? <laughs> and he looked at me with that look like, I know you're not ready, but you know, 
the time has, has come. Uh, so I, I'm not ready, but I'm, I'm here anyways. I want to invite you to uh, turn around if you can see. It's a little tough if you're toward the back of the room, but uh, our stained glass window there, uh, the Good Shepherd, is a great image. And one of the things I'll really miss uh, every Sunday is preaching with that kind of as a focal point, because it always reminds me that uh, Christ is our Good Shepherd and that the church is always in the Good Shepherd's hands. And as we as a church then have a role as leaders in the church to be good shepherds in, in the midst of the church and in our community to keep away the wolves and to keep things going in a good direction. And so uh, when I don't know what to do, as I don't know what to do this morning, uh, I try really hard to, um, and Carolyn's prayer alluded to this, you know, that we, we trust you, Lord. I try to find myself in the story of Scripture in the story of God. And it's the work that we do each Sunday. It's the work that we're always doing in sermons and prayers and songs. We're trying to find our place in the story. And as I was thinking through, uh, I came up last night, I was just walking around and just being in the space. And I thought of this passage in Acts chapter 20, where Paul is saying his farewell to the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And I, I make no claims at all of any comparisons with me and Paul, so that please hear the huge disclaimer that what was facing Paul and what are facing me are very, very, very different. Uh, no one is waiting to kill me at the place that I'm going, at least I don't think so, um, and are not yet, and uh, it's very different, it's very different, but the texture of what's happening really resonates with me, and I think uh, I'm just going to read a few of these things that Paul said to this group, and I think you'll appreciate them as well. Paul says, I... Um, I'm leaving now. I have to go to Jerusalem. I'm bound in the Spirit, not knowing what shall befall me there. Uh, Such a great line. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, except the Holy Spirit tells me that everywhere I go, I'm going to have trouble, and I'll probably end up in prison. So again, this is where it's very different uh, for me. If I end up in prison, it probably won't be for the same reasons that Paul was in prison. So if I end up in prison, please, you know, send help. Come come find me, and I I probably need your help at that point. But uh, Paul says, I do not Account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself, if only I may accomplish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Um, I wore my robe today, even though I was made fun of by some of you. Um, I wore it today just as a reminder to myself and to you that the ministry that we've been a part of together is a ministry that is received. It is not one that I created or you created, but it was a gift. It was something that was given to us. And Paul reminds us that the ministry we received from the Lord, uh, and then the ministry that I received uh, while I was here was to testify to the grace of God and to witness to the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And uh, if I haven't done anything else, I hope that I have done that. He continues a little later and says, now I commend you as he's leaving. He says, I, I leave you in the, in, the, in the great hands of God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So again, leaving them with those words and just that texture is great because they're all gathered together and Paul's got to go get on a ship and they've got to get on with their business. And it's a tearful exchange but they all know why they're there. They are all recognizing what's going to happen. And uh, so as I uh, sort of step out of this pulpit, uh, that's, that's what's on my mind. I'm, I, I think my work 
Well, I've been here has been to commend you to God in a certain way, and now uh, I'll do it in a little different way, uh, but just know that's what I will be doing. And as I think of you, as often as I think of you, I'll do the same thing and commend you to God. Well, for this last sermon, this is, uh, and I know some of you may be you know, preparing to cheer, uh, this is one out of, I don't know, the last one of uh, somewhere over 300. If you count the times that we were having two services, that's going to be like 450 or something like that, but it's really 300 that were prepared. And uh, each week, it was just a, a great process that I so, have such fond memories of. Early on in my time here, I'd go to the TA truck stop on Tuesday mornings, and I would just, you know, be among the people that would come through the TA, and that's where I would write uh, sermons that then we would share together on Sunday morning, uh, and uh, so anyways, hopefully as that's developed and we've all done this together, here's, here's where we are at the end. I, I just have really one main thing that I want to say to you, but in order to do that, I wanted to uh, commend this text in Ephesians 2 uh, that Carolyn read for us, that we could kind of hear these words together. This is one that I've been working on for about a month, and I knew exactly what I wanted to say. Uh, whether I'll get there in the way that I wanted to, I don't know, but I, this, is what, this is what I wanted to leave you with. Uh, it's such a great text. And, you know, Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians, uh, and some of you were in our Ephesians Bible study last spring, and we remember we learned that the first half of the letter, really, is just Paul spending a lot of time talking about the things that belong to us as Christians, as baptized Christians, as members of the church. There are things that are rightfully ours, that we did not earn for ourselves, but they are gifts that we have received that belong to us now, that we share together. And there are things at play, there are things going on in the world that we cannot see with our eyes. There are things that we cannot understand unless we see at a deeper level. I don't know how many of you were growing up in the 80s like I was, but uh, do you all remember Transformers? Uh, the, the Transformers cartoons, the tagline was Transformers more than meets the eye. Okay, anybody remember that? More than meets the eye? I see a few heads nodding. There's like four of us here. Okay, good. Well, um, anyways, there's more than meets the eye, you know, that Paul is saying this is what's happening behind the scenes. But those things, those realities that we cannot see with our human eyes, they mean all the difference in the world. And they actually mean all the difference in the world to come as well. And so the good news is we can train the eyes of our heart, Paul tells us, by the power of the Spirit to learn to see those things. And we can actually see those things when we're 10 years old and when we're four years old, and then we can learn to see them in a deeper way when we're 47 and when we're 52 and when we're 91. And that's part of the beauty of the gospel. There's always new things for us to see as we grow together in the church. And if we learn to see with the eyes of our heart, we'll see the eternal realities that bear upon us now. We'll see things like the immeasurable riches of God's grace. We'll see things like, Paul says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints with all of you? If we learn to see with the eyes of our heart, we will have an understanding. We will learn to know what is the hope of our calling the calling that we've received. And then this great flourish in chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is in fact a gift, not a result of your works, so that nobody can boast. No one can boast. Uh, this is really the heart of you know, Protestant Christianity for the last you know, 500 years especially, but I would say that 
the American church, at least in my time of living and being a part of it, we've spent a lot of time talking about Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We spend a lot of time talking about, it's all about the grace of God. It's all about the grace of God. We've been saved. We've been saved. We've been saved. We, you know, we've punched our ticket. We've done the deal. I mean, if you don't do that, if you don't start there, then none of the rest of it matters. However, there is more to the Christian life than just recognizing that there's a past and present tense reality of something that is being given to us, this gift of God's grace that we've been saved. Nobody can boast, thanks be to God. It's not because of anything we did. It's a gift that we received. But now what do we do? And now what should we be about? And now why do we bother getting together on Sundays? And why do we bother coming to prayer meetings on Wednesdays? And why do we bother with morning devotionals? And why do we bother with serving the poor? And why do we come for Holy Communion each Sunday? And why do we do these kinds of things? Why do we come to choir practice? Why do we work with the children? Why do we do the things that we do? We've already learned that we're saved not because of our works. So what are we working for? What are we doing? We learn from verse 10 that... Our response to this grace carries a lot of weight. Our response to this grace carries a lot of weight. And this is what I would like to leave you with today. Paul says, we are God's, and I've given you the, I promise I don't do this every Sunday if you're a guest or my presiding elder is here. I'm not that guy that's trying to give you a Greek lesson every Sunday. But I thought this was important. This was something that we learned together in our class last spring, and it's just stuck with me these many months. We are God's, the word is poema, poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, most of our English translations will say something like, for we are God's workmanship, or we are God's masterpiece. And I love those translations. Those are good, and they really help us. But the word, what does it sound like? We are God's poema. The word is where we get our English word for poem. Something that is created, that takes on new life, and it continues to grow and carry the life of the one that created it. We are God's poem. Created in Christ Jesus. The only other time this word is used in the New Testament is in Romans 1, when Paul's celebrating everything that God has created. When we look around us, and we watch the sunrise, and we see the mountains, and we look at the mesquite trees, and we look around in our culture and see what we have see has been created that we can behold and learn about uh, the universe from God created those things. God also created us in a new way. And in another place, Paul says this, he says, you are, you're a new creation, right? The old has gone away and the new has come. You're, you're something entirely new when you're born into the kingdom of God through your baptism and this gift of grace, you become an entirely new creation and it's not just so that we can be that creation. It's not so just we can be that poem and say, well, I'm a great thing that was spoken once, but we continue to be spoken in the works that were prepared for us by God ahead of time that we should learn to walk in them. And God is so patient, thanks be to God. Sometimes we don't realize how we're supposed to be walking in those things for years and years. And then we take it, we catch it for a little while, and we forget it, and we pick it back up in another season. But you and I our poetry. You and I are part of what God wants to say to the world. When God wanted to speak to the world ultimately, he didn't use a billboard or social media. He spoke a person. 
fully God and fully man, he spoke his son, Jesus Christ, the perfect word that was spoken by God, God's poem, all that he wanted to say to all the world. And then we carry on that same vocation. When God wanted to speak to the people in Nolan County, when God wanted to show the people of Nolan County that God had not forgotten about them, he spoke you. He spoke y'all. He spoke this congregation in 1881, and we continue to carry that work. When he wants to say something to anybody in town, he speaks through his church. And this poetry is alive and well. And the great thing about a poem, of course, is you it's been written and it's been spoken, but it's as if the poem is just continuing. God continues to add verses to it. He continues to add turns and places where people hear it in a different way, or we, we hear the same words a little differently now than we did the first time we heard it. These are the moments, these are the times that were prepared for us. And so I don't know if you ever think of yourself that way, but I hope that when you remember the ministry that we shared together, that you'll remember the dignity of you as a human person and the dignity that you carry as a new creation by God's Holy Spirit, as a member of the church, that you are in fact the poetry of God. I, uh, <clears throat> I brought my, uh, my worship book today, um, and, and I've had several of these in my time in, in Sweetwater, but I, uh, today I brought it for the baptisms that are happening in a moment. And, but I wanted to hold it up before you just to pause and say thank you. Uh, these books are how I have kept time as a pastor. Uh, these book contains uh, these books contain I can't talk right now sorry I'm trying not to cry um, these books contain uh, the names of of you and and your family members uh, these books contain the liturgies from births from baptisms from burials from weddings uh, and they're part of how I've kept time these are holy moments that we have shared together the the ministry that God has given us together as we've paused in these moments to celebrate God's gifts and what God was doing in the world and in our lives. And so I just wanted to bring this book today um, just to say thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm a different person today than I was uh, almost eight years ago. I am a, uh, a person that has experienced the grace of God in deeper ways because of you. And I won't be the same because of you. You have changed me. And that's the last thing I have in my notes. I don't know what to say right now. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, again, thank you uh, for this ministry that we have shared together. And uh, may God add his blessing to the work that he has begun and the poetry that he has spoken and is speaking and will speak among us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.